This is a main hustle media podcast. Militantly Mixed, the blackest fuck edition, the podcast about blackness from the mixed black perspective. And I say it every time because we're mixed, but we're black. Right. So welcome, welcome. Welcome. What's happening, man? Nothing. Just just having a week. How about you? Yeah, man. Uh, hey, I'm in the same boat, man. <laughs> same boats, man. So last week was pretty much uh, every black podcaster had a podcast about Colin Kaepernick. And right. Just, right. And so, so I'm sitting there tweeting for us like, hey. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there about Colin Kaepernick, but we're actually talking about it from being the mixed black. So listen to ours. Right. I mean, you know, we have a, a, a unique perspective, guys. Right. Guys. Right. You're like guys. So, um, so yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully we get a few more listeners on on it because I'm sure the 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 internet was just saturated with anything having to do with Kaepernick last week. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a uh, yeah. Did you hear that they they the the internet sales went up thirty. Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. There. And um, and I his think, uh, uh, jerseys, those special jerseys, sold out in like two hours. Right. And um, and LeBron sent the uh, sent a tweet earlier today, and it said um, it said it said Nike stock hits all time high Damn. after new Kaepernick ad. It says, well, I guess I, he said, well, I mean, I guess we're on. And he put fire jokes on you, and then he put Nike lifer. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, it went down a couple a couple dollars. But it's weird because Adidas went down. All them other places went down. So, I mean, all the other uh, shoe places went down. And, oh, really? And, uh, yeah, they made a rebound. So, Well, I saw a couple of things online, too, that was saying, like, um, New Balance is stepping up to be the, the conservative shoe or whatever. But, <laughs> but it was, like, something from 2014 or something. So people don't pay attention <laughs> yeah. to dates when they start sharing right. shit. Yeah. Um, but cool. Like, I hope, I hope it works. I mean, I also hope that Colin kind of leverages this attention and all this extra stuff to be like oh and by the way can you pay your workers a little bit more than and not have them in sweatshops thanks right right <laughs> you know what i mean because yeah i mean because you want to kind of i mean that i mean I, and then i got i got i understood that that position a lot of people were like well you know hey but you know it's okay if you guys talk about black uh you know black people get killed but what about the people in the in the sweatshops and i was like i i can be mad about that as yeah. well as can, having them come out and yeah so they're not mutually exclusive but also you were kind of shirking you were kind of just trying to find another way to be against something like, yeah oh okay well i'm okay with the with their ad but that company does this well yeah fuck out of here i mean that, so. that's okay too like if someone wants to be that way i mean mm -hmm. that's i i have a couple friends that are on that tip too they're like i'm i'm gonna go ahead and support this campaign but i'm not going to support the company i'm not gonna it, pay, pay for anything i'm not gonna buy anything it's like, right. Right, fine. right. That's perfect. I mean, yeah. you can do that. You know, right? too. But um, so that brings is. us to this week's topic, which I mean, this will probably come up all the time because it does come up all the time. It, mm -hmm. it just seems to be um, this is the I call it like the Diet Coke version of racism where you want to <laughs> pretend you're an ally <laughs> or think actually that you are an ally while yeah. you're sitting there saying things like I just don't see color or right. 
Um, I'm, I'm colorblind. You know, yeah, I'm colorblind. So we're going to talk about colorblindness today. I actually got, um, I have a couple of white girlfriends that, you know, they, they really work hard to, to be allies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I've talked about one of my friends before. I refer to her as my white, woke white woman whisperer because she, she actually is one person that will like put her body in the way of people on color in public right. spaces when things go down. So um, she's mentioned some things a few times and then actually someone we both went to high school with hit me up over the weekend and was like, hey, I got a question because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure some stuff out. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure right. out how to do this right. And um, and because of that, it had me looking into color color blindness. And a, a lot of the questions that she had had to do with things like, well, what if I do just think of someone as like, you're just regular and I wasn't paying attention to the fact that you were black or you were Latinx or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were kind of, I was kind of trying to explain it to her. So I thought we could use that um, since it was something that I got into to so much this week. Maybe it's something we could talk about together. Right. Um, colorblindness is one of those things where it's the well-intentioned person, white person, who says, you know, they want to come off as non-racist or they want to come off as non-oppressive and they'll say something like, well, I just don't see color or I just think of you as a regular person or the worst one, the one that makes me gag every time is, I just see a human. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. I get what you're trying to say. It's... You're like, let me be wonderful at you right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I understand, yeah. but it does. It do, what people don't seem to understand is that it erases the yeah. the identity because I mean your lived experience does have a lot to do with your race, regardless of whether or not a person wants to see race or whether or not they want to even just deal with it. I get mm-hmm. that. Like race can be pretty dicey, and sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. I get that. But to say that you just see a person for being a human or you don't see color, you are erasing all the stuff that they have to go through as a result of their skin color and in your attempt of being cool, you're fucking that up, you know? Right, right. I... I, I look at it as like a literal white lie. You know what I mean? Right. Like in a sense, it's them, you know, I mean, it's it's an easy out in a sense. Um, like, hey, uh, I see you as you and that's all I see. I don't see, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in a sense that it is something, it's one of those things where you can't not see that because we are, we don't have the same experience. And it kind of makes, it kind of makes our experiences your experience like uh, you know obviously you think that everybody has the same experience because if I don't see race that means that everybody has done the same thing everybody has gone through the same you know same trials and tribulations and and it's different everybody has the same chances you know and these this is just not realistic to to think is going to happen it's kind of like the people who try to say you know you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and, you know you work hard and you'll get there well I know a plenty of people who have busted their ass for their whole lives who have worked multiple jobs. I mean, my husband and I are two of those people. We we have been we worked really hard to get to get, get through school. We have master's degrees. We are almost always close to the poverty line. <laughs> like right, it doesn't right. it doesn't matter. There's been times when I've made a, a you know, a decent amount of money and then times when I just haven't, you know, my husband is an adjunct professor. He doesn't get benefits for, but he works as hard as a full-time professor does. So there's like, to to think that people have the same opportunities if they just work hard is unrealistic because in some cases there are reason, there are ways in which people of color are not going to have the same opportunities. So if you use colorblindness as a way to sort of even the playing field, the only way to make that work is if you use colorblindness and set it at the level that most poor or people of color you know right right you uh, make the def- you make 
it the fault color of the sameness is white. Yeah. I, that's kind of kind of, you know what I mean? Like they make it because that's what they're really saying is everybody is at the default. Yeah. And the thing you know is, I don't understand why in mass white people don't tend to understand that life is different for us um, or that they close their eyes to the different types of prejudices that that we have. I understand it being uncomfortable for people to to know that this is true, that this happens. I understand that people don't right. really want to know that this kind of stuff happens, but it's it's unrealistic to <laughs> to expect that. And and it's just false. I mean, the thing is, we aren't we don't have an even playing field. And so colorblindness only serves to make it you know more difficult because you're trying to say, oh, it's not that, you know, you don't have anything different than me. Your 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 experience doesn't actually impact your ability to get a job, getting certain housing in certain places or whatever. It's just so unrealistic. So I pulled up a couple of little pieces, but there was this article that um, has circulated a bunch and it popped back up in my view this week, which was um, an article in The Atlantic uh, called Colorblindness is Counterproductive, written by Aida Harvey Wingfield back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And it's basically sociologists arguing as to why the ideologies claiming not to see race risks ignoring discrimination. And and that seems to be like the heart of why people of color find colorblindness so frustrating. Um, And why I, again, I still don't think anybody seems to understand why why white people in mass, not certain white people, but in large groups, don't seem like to understand large, yeah. that the, that this happens. And and so it actually kind of pushes it back down to kind of before the civil rights era, in which um, it was perfectly legal to deny black people housing or jobs or the right to vote, um, all basics, you know, just on their race. Like it was in the first half of the 20th century that this was possible. It's post-slavery, they're free, but they're in some cases not even citizens, and it was entirely legal to do this. And that mentality pushes on through the ages, even as we're making progress in different areas, you still have people alive who think that this stuff is okay, and they're passing on that knowledge, and that kind of stuff gets into the next generation. And even as they, you know, might exist in a world where there are changes, like, say, when the Civil Rights Act was signed, and things, you know, effectively legally changed for people of color, there was still, it still takes a long time for people mm-hmm. to adapt to a change. It still takes, you know, you're not going to change minds because you change a law necessarily. And so it continues to per- perpetuate throughout throughout time. And and so they find, they ended up finding other ways to discriminate. Like, instead of outright saying it's because you're black or because you're a single mother or because of this, they find some other thing, you know, to, to get in the way. Um, but, but really, it's just because they're not allowed anymore to say that it's about your race. And this, you know, this kind of stuff is continuing on into what we're doing now. And so the way I'm seeing it even now with colorblindness is this age of wokeness, which even that word is starting to get pretty tired. Um, You know, a person wants to seem like they're down so bad. And for some reason, they think the way to seem down is to say, I no longer see you as anything different. And it's too soon. Right. I mean, it's it, it, and it's weird how some people do not realize that, you know, like my dad went, like I said before on, on this podcast, my dad went to a segregated school. So right. it's not like it's super separate. You know what I mean? And and to and I, 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 like all we want people to do is say, I see you. Is yeah. that it? You know, that way I see you. I see you. I see your struggle. I see the <laughs> right. things are different. I see, I see that we need to make extra efforts to le- level the playing fields. Right. 
to make you part of the norm. You know, I think that's and, and that's why we push representation. That's why we talk about how much representation matters. You know, when people say so I was using in this discussion that I was having earlier this week with um, mm-hmm. with someone who asked me the question. I use the idea between sickle cell anemia and cystic fibrosis as a way to kind of explain the difference between uh, why color like it was my way of explaining how colorblindness doesn't work. So back right. in the 70s sickle cell anemia started to rise to a public knowledge because the Black Panthers were beginning to screen for sickle cell in the communities mm-hmm. and then eventually um, they were they were sort of sponsoring or um, s- supporting um, doctors that were that were pushing you know black doctors that were going out there they were going on TV programs and they're saying like look sickle cell anemia is a, is a real problem it it mostly affects the black communities a little bit of the Latin community and even less of the white community but it's a killer and this there's ways we can prevent it from happening and those ways are you know people who are carrying carriers of sickle cell not not passing on the gene basically to, basically yeah. telling them yeah. not to have kids with other carriers and so it rose to like prominence in the 70s and because of that there were actual programs that were put in place that started to treat and and teach the black community how to care for people who had sickle cell and so like for those of us that are you know hip-hop fans we know that last year we lost prodigy from op mm-hmm. deep to sickle cell right. well complications related to complications sickle cell and, and yeah, perhaps yeah. you know something weird the the choking on the egg but it's but weird, uh yeah. gosh this just sucks but you know he he was a product of one of these of that wave of of like now we know what to do and so as a result he was able to get through his childhood and actually hit the age of 40 before you know he actually died from it and that wasn't happening before people weren't surviving beyond like eight or nine ten years old before then and so we were living in this world where there was a lot a lot more sponsorship and research and and stuff like that between the 70s and and the early 2000s or so but then cystic fibrosis started to get um, rise to prominence in terms of media coverage in the early 2000s. And guess what? Cystic fibrosis affects more white people than they affect black people. And if you look at the research between the two, they're they're somewhat similar. They're not the same type of disease, but they they kill people in the same kind of way, basically. So they're Mm -hmm. they're somewhat Mm -hmm. similar. Um, But as cystic fibrosis is starting to gain more attention, research uh, money is going filtering into the research to prevent that or to find a cure for that. And as those um, fundings are rising, sickle cell anemia fundings are dropping. And they're actually right. like closing um, uh, clinics that cater to sickle cell patients and things like this. Um, there's actually a really good podcast, a, a mini series podcast called The Realness, which is a little bit. It's mostly about prodigy, but it, it also covers the, you know, the story of basically of sickle cell throughout it. Um, it's like a six part series. It's, and I think it's mm-hmm. put on by WNYC or something like that. It's a really good series. Oh, nice. Um, nice. But th- they're, they're the ones who made that correlation for me where they were saying like hey sickle cell was losing funding they were they were saying things they were making excuses to the people who had who ran the clinics of saying hey you know we're not going to put as much money into uh, treatment because we have to put more money into research and the doctors are like but you can't do research without treatment how how else are you going to learn how to treat right these when, people one yeah but so like all these sickle cell clinics are starting to close and then there's all this extra support and all this extra funding for cystic fibrosis and the really the major difference is that sickle cell is, is mostly affects African-American. white people and mm-hmm. um, cystic fibrosis mostly uh, affects white people so when you look at something like that you know it's not like there's something in a report somewhere or at least I hope not um, you know that uh, that says like hey we just realized cystic fibrosis kills white people the way uh, sickle cell kills black people so let's reroute that, that funding 
funding. It's not like that's written somewhere. Yeah, right, right. But you see those types of things happen, and it's not like they've cured sickle cell yet. You know, it's still a disease that affects a lot of people. They are learning how to treat it and manage the pain a little bit better. But the treatment for people that have sickle cell is is pretty rough because these are people who are in intense pain. If they do go to the emergency room and not their direct doctor and they tell a a doctor, hey, the only thing that works for managing this pain is morphine, then they're going to be looked at like a drug addict because they're black, you know, and they're not going to be treated well. And so that's how a lot of patients die in the emergency rooms and stuff. But you don't have that same kind of experience as a as a white patient. You know, you're not usually not believed in terms of like what's wrong with you and stuff. And so this is an example in which Mm -hmm. colorblindness would not (laughs) like it wouldn't help detrimental yeah like if if you're if you're just going to assume that everybody's the same i mean i mean i guess it could help in that case if you assume everybody's the same but you would have to assume everybody is the same as white people and that white people aren't because you believe white people aren't liars and that's not what happens in the medical field right Right, exactly and i mean and, and even i mean and this might be a side side thing but i mean it's you know there have been tests and 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 studies that show that doctors tend to believe that or to not believe black and black women, black men and black women's right. pain threshold right. as in, you know, oh, she's not, you know, there've been many times in their life. She's, you know, she's bullshitting or she's lying. She's just trying to and get drugs, whatever. Exactly. And she's died or she's, you know, had an, had a very, you know, a near death experience. And, and, and they've, they've kind of come back like, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the, the test showed, but they just don't believe them. Yeah. And that's, and that, I mean, and if you, I guess, if their color blindness it would help, then okay. Um, but I, I just don't think that. I mean, I think that when it comes down to situations like that, then that's when they do specifically look at color. Yeah. That's when they say, "Hey, I have to look at this in that in that cert, you know, in that in that in that sort of way." Now, I mean, at my at my job, we you know we we screen donors for you know the black donors are done sixty five, you know, but also they're doing sickle cell. The white donors don't. Mm, um, really? the, you know, I mean, we do. You know, we do have. Have genetic traits that are tested specifically for, you know, Jewish donors, you know, familial dysautonomia. There's a, there's a you know, there's uh, Gauchets, there's Tay-Sachs that are Jewish. Right. Isn't um, there something about how, like, before Jewish people are allowed to marry, they're supposed to get the test to know if they're if they're carriers for something that affects their children negatively? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, our Jewish donors even, I mean, I think French Canadians is like some weird off chance that French Canadians do have also have uh issues with uh tay-sachs but mm-hmm. yeah there's a there's a there's a panel that the jewish you know has to go through but you know for us to know that they would have had to have had funds they would have had to have things like that like there may be some other things that you know african-americans but i mean i think that it it helps that you know money has to go to those things and for us to know that each other has a has a specific thing they need to be able to see color and say hey look you know, this is for African-Americans. This is for, you know, Jewish, uh, you know, Jewish born people. This is for, you know, so yeah. you have to do that so that you can you can funnel that money and not funnel it away from, you know, right. away from some people. I mean, look, Serena Williams, with all the resources.
resources that she has, she is almost not believed. And she had to be, right. she had to fight for herself, for her own safety to be able to survive giving birth to her, her first child. Right, you know, right. if, 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 if colorblindness was working, when she said, I think this is what's happening to me, they would have believed her and they would have proceeded, you know, forward and, and saving her before things got as bad as it did. But instead, they just, you know, there's that thing where like they, people believe that black bodies are more hardy and substantial than white bodies mm-hmm. and that they just don't suffer the way white bodies is. And, you know, there might be something to that in, in the sense of like there was like literal breeding during slavery times. So like the, putting the best black specimens together to, you know, <laughs> to have, you know, like there's right, probably right, right. a little bit to that, but not, not in a, not in a way but, I mean, you can try to determine someone's health based off of, you know, black people tend to be hardier and therefore don't get sick or wouldn't know their own bodies or wouldn't know how to manage their own diseases. Yeah. And I don't think that it actually is based on anything but the mentality or the way that they thought like, OK, hey, we got this big mama over here and this big daddy over here. Let's put them together and, you know, and have a good thread stock. But right. I don't think that I mean, in mentality, they're thinking, hey, shit, he's he's big. She's big. We're going to have this, you know, this monster of a person. And then they forgot they stopped having empathy or, or you know, or sympathy for the pain and everything because of where that person came from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? that. So that must have there may have been passed down saying, you know, hey, we whoop their <laughs> and it could be. I mean, they whooped their ass. They did, you know, so much to them that maybe over time they were like, well, shit, they, hey, do you know what they had to go through? And in the back of their it was like, damn, son. OK, so they're probably not as you know, what I mean, it doesn't hurt him as much as, you know, the delicate lily white, you know, person. Right. You know what I mean? So the, I, I, the worst I, part is that it translates into the black community as well. This week, I don't know why this happened so much this week, or maybe it was just because I was I was more heightenedly aware of it. I mm-hmm. saw all these tweets about like this one guy tweeted um, that uh, he was black and a black patient of his didn't want him to draw her blood because she said he looked like he should be a cleaner, you know, not qualified enough to take her blood. So he says, right. I, t- I took my gloves off and I walked away. And then another person tweeted that um, uh, he goes in to, to, to do um, a scan on a patient and the he was black and the patient was black and the black, black patient says, no, 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 I need a white radiologist because I don't think you're qualified. And it was, uh, you know, so like wow. it's it's happened even into the community. Like it, it, it poisons yeah. their own community to think that like black people can't be qualified for things. Black patients can't know what their pain is, whatever. And, I, you know, I don't want to pull it all the way off a topic but I use the health the the health stuff because it does talk about like if color blindness was was going to work that's a place where it would need to work right you would right, need right. doctors and and nurses and things to believe people of color and and not see their color and just see them as a patient and that doesn't seem to be happening so and that, yeah and I think and I think that I mean to your point when it's when it's something that benefits them in a conversation with a person right. you know well, hey, I'm this type of person. That's when colorblindness really benefits them. But colorblindness, you know, in, a, in any other situation doesn't really. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so uh, there's almost like a lack of awareness of any other time except for a discussion about race. Exactly. Where, exactly. where that awareness would, would be there. And 
most definitely. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's kind of a weird, you know, it's kind of a weird situation where you can you can especially push out some, you know, a, a, a narrative or an ideology for only when we when we talk about things, right. when we talk about something. And you know, it's not like this this topic is is uh, something independent of other stuff we've talked about. I mean, we say things like this all the time, right? Like we would love it to be so equal that we don't need to say, hey, why aren't there more black people on TV? Or, hey, why isn't, uh, why is the black guy always the friend that says damn in the back? You know, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, like we, we want this world to be a possibility. Um, but because it's not, we almost want overcompensation. Like we, we want to be equal, but at the same time, because we know that it's not that way, we want more. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I would rather, yeah. I would rather be saturated with, um, you know, black people and on my TV shows and my movies and stuff like that uh, to compensate for the 40 years that precede, you know, in the beginning of my life in which I almost, almost exclusively saw white people all the time. You know, that I can't just see a normal, a regular ass movie that doesn't have to do with the race of a person if it's, if it's black, you know, like we talk about the black versions of stuff, right? You can't have um, a love story as tragic as Romeo and Juliet with black people without it being the black Romeo and Juliet. You can't have, um, you know, the hangover with black actors without it being like oh that's the black hangover but also Mm -hmm. it went it went south because they're they're ghetto or they're trash or whatever you know um so with colorblindness is the same thing it's like i do want to get to a place in which things are so equal my race doesn't matter anymore Mm -hmm. but because that's not a possibility right now i want you to see exactly what i am and i want you to see the disadvantages that i'm at because of the color of my skin and therefore overcompensate to help me out Right. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, I mean, like that's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how no, else and, to say and, it. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's it's it's said. Um, you, uh, it is. I mean, it is one of those things where you ha- just just recognize, like I said, just see me as me and we're all good. You don't have to put yourself in a situation where I say, hey, if this person doesn't think that I see them as black, then I can therefore be OK. But, but in a also, sense that what a weird ass notion to like, think that, right? This kinda, black guy's going to like me better if I pretend I don't see that he's black. What? Right. Why? Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it is counterproductive. It is counter <laughs> counterintuitive to think, hey, listen, I don't see you as a black person. So therefore, we're cool, bro. Like, no, yeah, I that mean, it sucks. And in a sense, it kind of dehumanizes a, a yeah, person. Right. Because when you teach, like if you teach a child to be colorblind, regardless of how, you know, you're raising them or whatever, you're essentially telling them, you know, listen, if someone isn't white, pretend that they look like you so that you can be friends. Yeah. Like, pretend, pretend that they look that like they you so that they're they human are. to you. So we can also be cool. You right. know what I mean? So it's 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 a weird yeah, it's a you weird dichotomy. You can only have that. empathy if you think of them like they're white versus if it really is, I just saw you as human, then mm-hmm. then you wouldn't question that all this stuff that is happening, you wouldn't need to deny that you're seeing color because all this stuff is happening. You'd be like, you know what? There is a disproportionate amount of black people in prisons or killed by the police every year or, um, you know, followed in grocery stores or whatever. You know, like if you really were oh. empathetic enough to see everybody is human, then you would right. notice the, those things, I think. Yeah, I mean, you would think. Colorblindness only allows you to hide from the negative. 
things yeah. that happen to people right. of color. Right. And you should, yeah, stripping them. Because I, I think that that's what, what they try to do is you kind of strip them of an identity that they don't understand. So therefore, they can be on a level playing field so that they can under, they can then say, hey, we're all human. Right. And I get that. I get that, that no, notion that, listen, I'm telling myself that they aren't black. So therefore, we're all human. And that then it goes back to then you're missing out. You're missing the point. You know what I'm saying? You're missing. You're, you're kind of missing and misunderstanding. We are humans and therefore we, you know, we do have the similar things. Like I said before in, in the podcast, the black person that you just met is just like the black person that you already know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's it's. Uh, it's hard to and especially us being mixed and getting to you know getting to that point is that if if a person kind of says that to us but then they ask you what you're mixed with you are then so what you're doing is is you're taking those boxes out and you're saying i don't see boxes but what box would you be in if i were doing that <laughs> no right <laughs> right like so so if i were to be what do i you know what i mean and it's never the one that is what they are right oh, right are they so you know so it is it's it is a situation where you're then still thrust back into a different situation where people are then looking at you differently right. it's kind of a weird thing and and like i don't know with with using it as a topic of, for us to talk about it today like i don't know if uh, we're doing the topic justice enough or anything like that right. i just know that it's one of those things that like we really need to expose and we need to encourage other black people to call white people out on that when it happens right. um you know not not allowing people to get away with it is going to be the only thing that teaches people that it's fucked up to do you know like right um I, I mean i know there has been times in my life when i kept when i kept my myself quiet when faced with something that was sort of like softly racist you know i <laughs> yeah. mean i still think that everything racism is just like, like yeah. it's just racist but but when it's like racism with good intentions i mean that's like a real right. thing it's hard to describe but it's like a real thing we've 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 seen it many times it's it's me walking into a job interview and someone knowing that my name is Charmaine Latrice but then turning around and going oh well isn't Wait. this pleasant you know like yeah. uh, you know because nice. I don't present as dark or whatever and yes. um, you know that like to me that's still racism but they seem to think that that's like a sweet thing like it's a positive thing like I really right. want to be white and therefore it's nice of them to notice that I'm not as dark skinned as other black yeah. people you yeah. know um, <laughs> so, so, it's so yeah, it's a situation. It is one of those things where it's, you know, I think that we have to we do have as as mixed people and we have a, a, a good situation where we can say to people, listen, oh, OK, I, I feel you, you know, because I mean, some some, you know, some black people would say bruh like what the fuck is wrong with you you know what I mean and kind of and then it might get off yeah. to a, a bad situation but I think we as mixed people can sit there and be like I get that you think that that sounds okay but this is how I need to educate you on why that's not okay why that it may while in a sense it may sound and I and I see your intention and I and I and I shake your hand and I'm great grateful for that intention because let's take that intention and direct it towards this see me as an individual and what I am mm -hmm. and then go forward. It doesn't need to be the, you know, the, the, the you know, the, 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 the factor that you always look at me with like, you know, Hey, he's the black guy, you know, he's the mixed person. That is really nice. Um, it doesn't need to be that. And I'm glad that you don't see that mm. in your own way, but 
let's move in a sense that he is the mixed person that I like, or he is the mixed person that we now have uh, opened up our self to, and 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 then just talk about all of our other shared things because that's really what it is. We all do have shared interests, shared you know yeah. uh, uh, situations, shared um, you know the things we've gone through. Um, let's try to find common ground on different things instead of saying now that I've made you on the same level field in my own mind, then I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah. First of all, like in, in any kind of interaction with me, I would want the white person to not assume that I would want to be white or whiter, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that it would make me feel good to be- think that they're seeing me as a white person, because actually that would that would horrify me, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, not because of, of any anti-whiteness on my part. It's it's because of I am proud of being mixed. I enjoy my my mixed heritage. I, I love my blackness. Um, I understand that that I'm in Negro and I'm a little you know it's not obvious to other <laughs> right. to non-black people but like I'm still proud of it and I want to talk about it and I want to share about it and I want you to understand that the reason why my perspective on you know this thing at work or this uh, food or this that or whatever comes from the fact that I have this mixed heritage and and stuff and I don't want to also be the bridge to a white person to well okay I, I'm not ready to fully get on board with dark skinned black people but like since you're kind of black and and because you're a little militant like you don't yeah you know you could be my gateway you could be my bridge like I don't want to be somebody's thing like that but I have we been that be, person like I know right, that I we have can't been. be that liaison the, the <laughs> liaison to the yeah to the blackness I mean yeah like I just want I want people to understand that also when I react or get upset at a person who does do one of these well-intentioned but racist things that they understand that my anger or my upsetness about that is the fact mm-hmm. that it should not always be the person of color's responsibility to correct bad behavior or racist behavior but we know that if we don't do it, it's not going to ever be corrected. It's, you know, it's not ever going to get done. So it's just, it's just so frustrating to have to sit there and constantly explain to people like, look, this is how you fucked up there. Um, You know, sometimes I do it nice and sometimes I don't do it nice. And and the times that I don't do it nice is usually Mm -hmm. because I've been weathered by how many interactions like this I've had. And, um, you know, I have some people that are just like, I've had people who have sent me messages who have straight up said, I'm really dumb about this. And here's the reasons I'm dumb about it. I live in a town that only has white people. There was one black guy who came into town in 2012 and everybody met him. You know, like like I've had people really break down how little interaction they've gotten with people of color to me be- to preface what they're about to say anticipating that it may be racist but that they don't mean it to be and they want me to correct it for them. Like I've had that experience uh, several times and again, like you say, while I appreciate your intention and your effort and even maybe your awareness that you you know you're about to say something kind of messed up. Right. Um, it's still that frustration that it's my job, you know. Um, right. But at the same time, I I guess I would rather it be my job than leave it up to nothing. You know, everything that I talk yeah. about on all these shows have to do with me wanting to be the representative of and not wanting to be the representative and not, not it yeah. being required to be the representation. Because I've had people also say, well, like, you've said in this episode that, you know, 
you don't want to always have to tell people where you are. And yet you're always talking about being mixed and being proud. And it's like, yeah, I'm I'm both of those things at the same time. I, I both actively want to like live my mixed ass life out loud at the same time that I don't want to have to tell you what I am. And I wish I looked a certain way that you could just look at me and be like, oh, you're black, Japanese and white. I can tell from a mile away. <laughs> and I know right. that's never going to happen. Like, I know that there's nothing it, that that's ever going to make that possible. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, uh, you know, and I guess that that is us coming to terms with our mixedness in a sense that we are going to be in situations where, fuck, I wish I didn't have to do this, mm-hmm. but I guess I'm going to have to do this. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, to your point before, though, I mean, I guess when you talk about a person's intent, I guess that that's we have to go off. Of, do we have to go off of that? Because I, I mean, it, I get that they're trying not to. But is their intent meaningless or is their intent? I mean, that's a good question because it could also be an act too, right? Like, right. I mean, so. Oh, I get that shit all the time. I mean, it's, oh, bro, I don't. And you're like, bro, you're super racist. And I know <laughs> when you're when you're not with me, you don't say that same shit. You just yeah. kind of say it to me. You could see by a person's the way that they the way that they even say it. Like if if they're really sincere and they're just like, hey, you know, I mean, I don't see people as blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of say, hey, listen. And, you know, I get that. But this like, let's 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 like, you know, let's steer it this way. But there are some people that kind of say it in such a way that you're just like, that's a fucking you're just saying that to say it now. Yeah. You're not real. Your intentions are garbage. The worst is when you see the person who is down with all these people of color and maybe they're in a situation where a bunch of these friends are all together. And so they're having to introduce them. And they they the white person code switch between using their black guy voice to introduce their black friend and then using their white voice. And, you know, they're switching between. I think uh, Key and Pill illustrated it really good in um, in the in that uh, it's a sketch where they're sitting at a bar and they're just talking about regular stuff and then like every white person that walks up to them has to acknowledge their blackness in some way. So there's like the yeah. one white guy that's wearing like a Tribe Called Quest t-shirt and mm-hmm. then um, either Jordan or Key says something about like Who's your favorite member of Tribe? And he's like, yeah, I like Smoke. Smoke. Smoke these. You know what I mean? Yeah. Love yeah. them, dude. We're behind the scenes. You know, and like he, he doesn't mm-hmm. know any mm-hmm. of the bad members and uh, <laughs> and then like the the white lady walks up and she's just like I don't know I don't remember what she says but it's one of those sketches where it's just like you see that sketch and as a person of color you're cracking up because you're like that has happened to me four times today you know like and I, some I, version I, I of think, that yeah and I think that they did a great job of, of putting a lot of those I mean a lot of times yes it was like black and white but a lot of times because they're both mixed I, I think that they did uh, a, a good you know a, a very good service to show like the kind of things that we actually go, you know, that we actually mm-hmm. go through. Um, I think they even did it. Uh, I mean, um, have you seen the trailer for the new, I think it's called Night School with Kevin Hart. And he's in Tiffany. Ha- it's, it's Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish. And the and the the guy from uh, Saturday Night Live, I don't know exactly his name, but he's on there. And he's I guess he's the principal of the adult school. And, you know, when he's talking, um, I guess, you know, Kevin Hart and, and Tiffany are in there with with the principal. And he's, you know, and he's like, I'm the principal of this school. I can do whatever I want. You're in my house. And he's like, wait, are you using a black voice? No, I don't hear color. And he's. And, and, and you see that you just you hear him, the white principal trying to be down in a sense. And then you're just like, bro, you don't 
you don't got to do that. Stop that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, mm, mm, don't do that. What is that, though? Is that the opposite? Is that attempt? That's the opposite of of colorblindness a little bit because they're trying to show you that they do (laughs) see you, but they're showing you as a racist way. Um, (laughs) We're not going to solve this problem, but just that we want to talk about it and get us talking about it. Right. Which is like, call your white friends out or or the white races that are in your life for whatever reasons that they have to be there. Like sometimes they're related to you or you married into them and stuff like that. Um, Like, you know, call them out when that shit happens and and try to make them aware of their fuckery. Uh, Like, I think I I think I said this before, but maybe I saved it. I don't I don't I don't remember. But um, the very first week that we released Militantly Mixed, um, it was the episode with John Corbin, uh, half black, half white in in Canada. And um, in, in Twitter somewhere, like through his feed, he was tweeting about the show and a white lady had um, responded to the tweet in which I was tagged in so I got to see it and it was something like I listened to your show I, like I'm a white lady I listened to your show I didn't know I made these mistakes that you guys talked about it I'm gonna try to do better and I fucking that's rode I- that high for like weeks bro that's uh, that's uh, that's all like that's how you want people to react right like that's all it's possible that you could be unaware of your racism because you're you know you're conditioned by your environment like how you grew up the way your parents were like we're indoctrinated across the board like not just in religion and the behaviors and 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 beliefs and stereotypes this stuff happens to you throughout your whole life and so it is conceivable that a person could go their whole life completely and especially if they have limited interaction with people of color you know be unaware of their of things you know and sometimes like i've had the reaction where i've told the story about like um you know why it's 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 kind of racist or not your place white person to ask me what i am and then some a white person who likes me and is a friend of mine will say but you know why can't i because and then they start to try to give you all this reason why like i'm really interested in other cultures and i like to expand and i you know it is and you want to say yeah it is it's possible for you to have that curiosity but it's impossible for you to not me when you do it. Exactly. You know, you're right. telling me it's it's just this thing where you're saying that because white is the standard, the accepted standard, I'm identifying you as different than white. And so let's talk about it. Perform for me. Tell me why, you know, tell me why I should be yeah. interested in whatever your deal is. And, and I, yeah. if they catch it, if like this lady who said that, like she caught it and, and she was like, I'm going to try to do better. I like I responded back to it. Like, thank you for saying that. Like, you know, it was almost mm-hmm. better almost better than hearing a mixed person say I just I stumbled on your podcast and for the first time in my life I felt like I was seen like that shit I'm getting that at least once a week um, every week right. and, I, and I'm like that is everything to me because that's why I wanted to do this like I wanted us to feel like there's other people like us out there and that we're not these mm. little islands all over the place but uh, hearing a white person react to oh shit I've been fucking up right I'm gonna yeah. try not to do that like that that's, that's perfect it's amazing it's so right. great and it happened one other time where I met these two white ladies through a podcast group and they had questions and, and we had gotten on the same feed and we were like responding back and forth and we liked what each other's were saying and so we ended up having a conversation off board and uh, one of the white ladies said well I was really interested by the stuff you said so I listened to your podcast and you know I heard the thing about like white people always asking and, and just feeling like it's their place and, and being frustrated by you not revealing it right away not giving them what mm-hmm. they want and she's like and so I've been thinking about that all week and then I went to a wedding in which um, the couple was 
uh, like the couple was one race and the child was a different race and the adopted child and she wanted to act like she felt her curiosity the whole time wanting to know right. what the kid was wanting to know why they had that particular kid like all these mm-hmm. questions that had to do with the race of the child and the race of the couple and then she goes but then I but I then I remembered what you what you said in your podcast and I remembered that just because my I was white curious didn't mean that I was that they were I was entitled to the answer so I never asked the question right. and I was right. like see like this is the stuff this is why we have to do stuff like this this is we have to raise awareness to point out when people are making these mistakes because even when well-intentioned and just curious you don't realize that your curiosity is hurtful to the person right. on the receiving end right and so like I, like, I don't want to fully exclude, except for when I'm in a bad mood and, you know, there's just been a whole lot of caucasity <laughs> lately or something like that. And then I don't right. want to be very forgiving of it. Um, you know, I, I want to give people a chance to say, yes, they're well-intentioned and just their ignorance is so deep that they don't realize the racism. And then well, sometimes it, I just don't care. And I'm like, you're fucking racist. Let's deal with it. <laughs> Let's just deal with that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's one of those things where it's really only about race, right? It's really only right. about it's really only about race in the sense that you never go up to people you know like i don't go up to a lesbian couple and say well i only see people as heterosexual or <laughs> i only see right no. i don't i don't go to some type of wedding that is you know uh, well well i only see, you I, know it probably we're all happens Catholics to trans people eyes. though if, if a version of that probably happens to trans people yeah I, well, like i but, only see you as male or i only see you as female even though you well, yeah, I mean, that's that's ruder than, you know, yeah, than anything. I think that's, but I think that's uh, there's something kind of worse about that to me than yeah, yeah. racism in but, some kind of way. But you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it never comes back to where somebody just has a default religion or a default, you know, sexuality right. or a default this. I just see it's you as always Christian. race. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a default. And it's always their default. I don't go around, you know, I'm not Catholic, but I don't go around and be like, you know what? I always see people as Catholic, but I don't even believe in, <laughs> you know, I don't even believe in shit. In my book, we're all good, buddy, because, you know, it, it, right. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's just if so why. Sh- so, again, why should it with race? Right. If there's any takeaway from from this kind of like, I don't even know how to talk about this. I just want to talk about it type of stuff that we do on this show. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. If there's any takeaway, what I want is to first make white people massively aware of the fact that by saying you just see us as regular because I've been told that before. Um, regular. I did, this, regular. One, this happened when I was I was driving somebody and we were talking she gets into something and she was one of those like crunchy granola white people that like wanted to t- wanted to make sure that you knew that they were cool with everything in the world and right. um, at some point I said something about the podcast and, and that you know I think they asked what I do or something and, and I was like oh I you know I, I host this podcast about mixed raceness and she goes oh are you a woman of color? And she pulls her sunglasses down and she goes oh you are a woman of color I didn't notice I just thought you were regular and she puts her sunglasses back on and it was one of those but you know how sometimes you you think you're a warrior for every moment something happens until something happens you were so ill prepared for that you just it just slides right past you (laughs) and I remember sitting there going I don't know what the next thing that's supposed to come out of my mouth is like I'm just a regular like what the (laughs) fuck is a regular you know and um but this kind of stuff happens like all the time so as a takeaway I would want white people to know that like just because they are white doesn't mean they are regular (laughs) 
right. that they, they, you know, like we've allowed, not we've allowed, but like the culture, the entire American culture as a whole has kind of allowed for whiteness to be the standard. And we're trying to bust that up and say like, no, we're fucking all different. And we, and we should, you know, we should, we should explore, we should explore each other's differentness. We should uh, celebrate each other's uniqueness, um, you know, eating foods of other cultures, right. learning other cultures and things like that. Um, but let me ask you this. Hmm. Is it only white people that actually say the colorblind statement? Because I don't ever hear black people say, oh, I'm colorblind to white people or to Asian people. You know what I mean? I like, you don't kind of seen it in places in which I can't tell if it's sarcasm, you know, like a Twitter or something like that, where someone's like, well, I just saw you as human. There's been times when I've gotten that in, in like a tweet or a social media forum in which I like one time I responded with laughter and the person let me know I was reacting incorrectly. Correctly to the thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, like, I think there are some folks that like they want that so bad that they're willing to adopt it or there is that get out minded black person that is just like true you know they're just so much in it that they can't pull themselves out I mean I would say like my dad was that kind of guy like mm. you know um, you could see it. it was so weird like he moved us to a black area and yet always let us know how frustrated he was with blackness you know it's like he he right. was a self kind of hating dude in that respect where it was just like and he and it passed on to my my brother other too like you know he he kind of has that going on too where it react my reaction was different i i embrace blackness i love blackness and he you know he would have he would have been that like he's been dead for years but he would have been one of those guys he would have said i just see you as human or we're the human race or any of that kind of bullshit he would have been one of those guys and so like yes i think they're out there i don't know what they serve honestly like i think it makes it harder right i could it's it's harder for me, me to think about it it's like for me to think that and I, and I think that the reason I don't see it that way is that because I do I've always, you know, growing up in, it, it, where we've grown up, I, you know, I, when I got with my wife and she looked like a white girl and come to find out she's full Mexican parents, you know, from Mexico in Mexico, you know, like first mm-hmm. generation, pretty much. Did you clutch your Her, pearls and like, how dare you keep like, it a secret oh from me? Oh my goodness, you done just <laughs> switched on me. No, but, but I, I like you know, white girls. <laughs> and I like white girls. What am I supposed to do now? Damn it. Um, <laughs> Oh, no. But, you know... It, you know when you know just being with her when I got with her you know we would do a, you know we would do a thing it was like we would see other couples and we'd be like dude I've never seen that that's awesome an Indian woman with an Asian dude oh my oh, gosh never, I still and, do know, that in, shit in Sacramento we saw a lot of that so I think that because I've always been so mindful of man this this dude is this or that person is this and I've never really like it's never been an issue with me per se right so that's why I think it's weird for me to think that because I've only dealt with the hey what what are you but also i don't see it from 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 white folks mm-hmm. in that area and i think that it was their attempt at saying look i'm cool but it was it you know and then i had to say it was a little bit of disingenuous but you know there are some people that are you know what i mean that i had to say you know hey just you know mind that shit because it doesn't you know right. it doesn't help us all together you know it's, what i mean it's probably not cool for white people to to have to accept that basically they're unfortunately because of what happens before the the current generation of people alive you know white people aren't going to get a pass on being racist. They're not going to get a pass on being ignorant about certain things. They're going to have to step up so that we can fix things. And, you know, for the for the white person that wants to just be out there and be like, I just don't want to care about this. Like, fucking yeah, we don't either. But 
the cops are still killing us and we're still being followed right. in grocery stores and you know we're not being treated in the healthcare by healthcare professionals act you know the, the same way that you are and stuff like that so like we can't just not want to we have we have to kind of be um and this and i think that this yeah this is the generation we have to care so that the next generation may not have to right i mean, right? I mean like who knows um i mean i hope that every generation produces its like hardcore warriors for this kind of stuff um and and, and it starts to get a little bit better. But like, I mean, I get accused of all the time of being over the top about my frustrations about racism and stuff like that. And my reactions or, you know, I get I get told mm-hmm. like or I get to, I get told the stupid thing of like, why are light skinned people so so much more militant? You know, and so it's like, well, fucking because we don't get seen what uh, as what we are, one, and it's frustrating. And two, we want to be able to fight for the shit that frustrates us without you telling us we're not we're not dark enough, we're, you know? Yeah, we're, we're too, too light skinned, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and and so like yeah like I, it's a it's a frustrating point but it's something that we we have to actively be doing it and it sucks that we have to do it but we all fucking have to do it it's the we it's the only to. thing that makes those you know i'm not going to say that my podcast or this podcast or anything that you and i do individually in our entire life is going to change a- anything but you hope that it impacts some people in some ways so that it does make it easier you know when they're talking to their kids or or for the next like that in some way they'll pay it forward like right. I, like that lady saying i realized it wasn't my place my curi- my white curiosity wasn't more important than them just living their life and not right. you know and so i had to you know i had to swallow back that question she goes i'm still sitting here wildly curious and really really wanting to know and i remember laughing and saying i fully uh, like understand and appreciate that but you still put them ahead of you and that's the right. part of that that was important right. and, and so like i hope that we make these kinds of little like i don't think we need to make a big sweeping impact but we need to make those little ones we need to get those like handful of white people go oh no i do that i need to work on not doing that um, right that's what we have to do it's like sometimes it's the small victories um that really matter you know like and you know hopefully we get there but i guess in terms of like this show specifically versus the other show that i think is important is um or at least to me what's important about it is um to allow us as mixed people to be able to engage in blackness and and be comfortable you know like you and i are comfortable in our in our skin to be able to talk about it but Mm -hmm. for those who may be listening that aren't or feel that they don't have a place in blackness to talk about it or whatever but also for like our our full black brothers and sisters to to identify the kinds of fights that they're supposed to be having too on on their own behalf really like in Mm -hmm. some in some cases you know you want to be you want to lay low and you don't want to get involved because there's so much more risks to our bodies it seems than um than others but i mean i just hope that these conversations do kind of loosen up that and hopefully people start talking back to us soon and like let us know what kinds of things they want to hear us talking about and um and if they want to engage with us um that would right. be cool yeah. too yeah i mean and, and and that's and that's and that's what it is is that we just we need it you know if we're talking on here and you're listening and you want to talk with us uh come talk with us because that's what, i mean we're talking here to, to kind of understand each other and to understand what we've gone through and shared in a shared type of situation mm-hmm. um and if they've been uh you know uh, have had a situation that is similar call it let us know you know what i mean so yeah, we, we got a phone number now yeah um so if you do want to hit us up with either a question or a topic that you want to cover or maybe i mean we haven't really talked about it yet
yet about maybe like actually inviting guests on having panels and stuff like that but if you want to do that you can give us a call now and leave us a voicemail it's the phone number is 323-545-6001 it's a skype number so it should go straight to a voicemail and you can leave your question just say what show um because it's for the the uh, main hustle media family so just say what show yeah. you want to ask the question on and and um whether or not you're okay for us to play your question or your statement on the show that would be great too and um yeah get at us let us know what kind of things about blackness and mixed blackness that you would want to hear about because um yeah. that'll be fun when we start to actually get to engage with uh with other people um, right that'll be cool but um and of course don't forget to follow us on all of our social media on twitter mm black af and instagram militantly mix black af that's the same for facebook as well and if you want to sponsor the show because we are a fan sponsor show you can go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed there it is i think i got it all <laughs> nice all right well what yeah. do you want to talk about next week you know yet <laughs> What should we talk about next week? Yeah. Uh, how people need to understand that. Uh, how I could uh, just kill a man. No, no, exactly. No, they need to, <laughs> like, no, I always, I'm always the one that educates people on never step on a black man's shoes. Right. Or no, I, I, I don't know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I'm I sure there'll be some fuck, of, fuckery we can go over next week. Yes. You know, it, it'll, it'll come to us, but yeah. I, you know, I, it was it was cool. I mean, we can we can. Yeah, it'll come to us. Like, like we don't have to push it right now. It'll come to us. All right. Well, it'll be. Hey, yeah, it's gonna be on us in a couple days anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Let's say goodbye. All right, girl. Peace, y'all. Have a good one. Mix the Black as Fuck edition is a main hustle media podcast produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson, co-hosted by Mix Girl Maine and Blurred Vision. Music is provided by Hwood Players and Pond5. If you like what you heard on Militantly Mix the Black as Fuck edition, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on social media on Twitter at mmblackaf and Instagram at militantlymixblackaf. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash militantlymix. Peace, y'all. This is a main hustle media podcast.